Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of StrongCast, our weekly podcast with your host, Armstrong Williams. It gets stronger, and the cast continues to increase. And today, we have the high schoolers on today joining us in the podcast. Let me welcome our guest, Kathleen Cajola. Okay, I got that right. Oxford Hill High School. Everybody knows Soraya Ali. Soraya Ali, who's on her way to Florence, Italy, where we spent part of the summer. Soraya, welcome back to the show. And then um, Jennifer Castro Morales. Jennifer Castro Morales, welcome to the show. You're also at Oxford Hill High School. And E. Clay, who's no stranger to the show, E. Clay Sailor. Clay, where are you in school these days? I'm at Episcopal High School. At Episcopal High School. So let me let me start uh, with our, our newcomers. You know, I really we, we want to get into the mindset of what really goes on in high school. What is the culture? Uh, how do you how do you deal? Let me start with you because um, I know you're probably a little nervous, and you should be. You know, it's it's one thing what your parents teach you at home, right? Yes. Your parents teach you morality, right from wrong. They teach you don't have sex before marriage. Those are very explosive issues, very explosive. People don't like to talk about them. I have no problem talking about them because it's just life. Because our parents teach these things and they need to be reinforced by media. And that's why we have these conversations. They teach you to not let boys distract you, not let girls distract you. All those things are taught. But what happens when the analytical or the theory of what your parents teach you, when you face reality in the classroom and your parents are not there, and the pressures. What is it about the classroom and peer pressure that causes young people to give into drugs, to take away from their studying, to give away sneaking, having sex, or kissing, and the parents know anything about it? Why is that influence sometimes greater than what the kid is taught at home? What happens? So parents can better understand what is it they may not be doing in the home. They can do a better job to navigate their kids away from drugs, away from early sex, which can bring about depression away from things that take them away from their learning experience, which is becomes their passport to the future in college and later on in life. Start All right, with of course. So every person always has this want or need to always belong. So of course, there's always that peer pressure. So despite the um, background of your family and the um, foundation that's been put out there, you know, it always is put into the challenge. So um, if parents, um, I guess I believe that if parents are able to teach their children the way where everything's not always like, don't do this, don't do that, you know, see it as if a kid, like all the parents have been a kid before. So they understand that. So maybe thinking of it in a kid's perspective could actually help them with um, going into high school and the different uh, situations that would lead them to make bad decisions, you know. Um, let them know that it's always okay to make mistakes. And, you know, always have that connection where you'd always talk to, um, always have a parent-to-child conversation all the time, you know, create a very strong connection with them so that no matter what mistakes they went through or they're starting to think of going into something bad, they're always comfortable to come back to their parents, you know, I'm thinking about this, do you think it's right? I think all my friends are doing this, but I know from our household it's wrong, but you know, I actually thought about it. So I feel like that really strong connection with the parent and the child is the most important. Thing. That's right. You know, that, that, I think that is uh, very uh, important that parents, kids are no different than their parents. And we forget that you're human beings and sometimes you have frailties, but you also have feelings. And I think Kathleen hit on something that's very important without actually saying it. The ability 
to be able to trust your parents with anything, no exactly. matter what it is, exactly. no matter how embarrassing, how humiliating, the ability to be able to tell your parents everything. Because if they're telling you, if you're telling them everything, they're able to navigate you through a lot of things that you could fall prey to if you don't sort of have them as a sounding board. I completely agree with it. I tell my parents everything. I always like come up to them if I have a problem, even something that's really trivial that probably doesn't need to be discussed, I come to them. And I think everyone needs to have that strong foundation. It doesn't just need to be with the parent. I think it can be with any authority figure, like any, you can find a teacher in your school who you really think could help you. And just talking to them would be helpful. Just an adult figure in your life that you can rely on is perfectly well over a parent if you don't want to tell your parents something. What is it you wouldn't want to tell your parents? Like if you're what is it that really, really is really tough to tell <laughs> Seriously, we, we want to know. What is it, and why is it so tough? Is it because of your parents, you're afraid of their reaction? Is it because you're too embarrassed to tell them, or you're going to violate something with your friends? What is it so difficult that you can't tell them? I think it might, for me, if I didn't want to tell my parents something, I'd go to an aunt or uncle, just because I'm afraid of their reaction or like what the is disappointment. It? Give me an example of something that's tough to tell your parents. I mean, I've had like issues with, like, anxiety that I didn't want to talk to my parents about for a while so I talked to my teachers and then I talked to them but I just didn't want to like disappoint them with that. Do you actually think, I actually believe this, I actually think you underestimate your parents and your parents underestimate you. When a parent loves you and it's unconditional all they want you to do is to be okay. A parent is only as happy as their happiest child and when their child is not happy they're not happy and if you have anxiety attacks which could lead to other things, and you're not telling your parents, all you're doing is adding more and more of a situation that's going to compound day by day. You've got to be able to communicate with your parents. I just don't understand why you can't. If you have all this trust that you discuss, why are there just certain things you can't discuss? It's just a fear of disappointment and like not living up to that expectation that you think they have for you. And it's just, it's just there, and you try to like overcome it. It's really hard to when it comes down to it. So talk about the peer pressure. How much, how much pressure are high schoolers under in school? Talk about that pressure. <laughs> bring it, bring it home. Let us feel it. Let us hear oh, it. Oh, yes. Let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk so about. let's go back to elementary school. Let's oh. start off with elementary school. Okay. I moved here when I was nine, and I was bullied so bad because I didn't speak the language. So kids can be cruel. That's when I first learned at nine years old, kids can be cruel. They destroy you in every way. And fast forward to high school, all the girls, oh, look at her, her hair, or she's so pale, or oh, did you know she's not dating that guy and he's so hot, like she's a prude. Or then if you go out with a guy, did you hear that? She's, she's such a hoe, like she's horrible. Like she's going around with all of these guys and they start talking, or I personally don't like drinking. That's just what I was taught. But people invite me to parties, and it's like, oh, don't invite Jennifer. She's boring. She doesn't drink. Interesting. So it's just like Kathleen said, you want to belong. And if there's something that I've learned, even in high school, gets, kids can be cruel. Girls can be horrible. <laughs> girls are terrible. And I know that because I'm a girl, and I've been that side before. And I'm so sorry to all the girls that I've been mean to. But girls talk, and girls, they can close you out. It's like, so are you frowned upon if you're not having sex? Oh, yes. Really? And, oh, yes. I can tell you, <laughs> yes. And guys, it's like guys can even talk about you and be like, oh, don't go to her. She doesn't have sex. Like, she's not easy. 
and it's like, oh, she's boring. She's a prude. She's a cat lady. She's gonna be a cat lady. So, wow. Yeah, it's that is really it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how do you, how, how do you, how do you get through it? Well, for one, I'm Christian, so I'm very close to God, and I'm very close to my family, and uh, the things that my family, specifically my mom. My mom is the strongest woman I know, in my opinion, straight up. And she's very much like, be true to yourself. Who are you? What do you believe in? Stand up for yourself. And that's just what I've been taught ever since I was little. This is who I am, this is my identity, and I have to be proud of it. So when people tell me, oh, you're boring, I'm like, okay, I'm not destroying my brain cells over here. I'm staying, you know, clean. My liver is gonna be perfect when I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so just staying true to myself and being confident in who I am and what I believe in. So eat clay, or is, is it the only, we, we would assume, listening to this conversation, you would assume that the guys would put the pressure on the girls. <laughs> but we're listening to this, women, young girls put a lot of pressure on other girls to go against the moral teachings, yeah. to go against the values, and really re become rebellious. Yeah. Really, really. I think that there's peer pressure in every sense, and I think there is a form of good peer pressure, and that's when you find yourself around friends who are pressuring you, like, let's get an A on this test. So the friends I'm around, we're always competing on, let's get an A, let's do this, let's do that. And when you're getting pressure to try to work harder, when you're getting pressure to, instead of going to this party, who's gonna stay here and study? Or when you're getting pressured and saying, I'm not going to be one of them. I'm going to do this with my life. Or when you're getting pressured to think about your future. I feel like that's the form of good peer pressure. And you just have to surround yourself with that group of people who act like you and who have the same moral compass as you. But what do you feel? I mean, obviously, I actually, I'm actually pretty shocked at what I'm hearing. Uh, but it does make sense. But how do you deal with the loneliness? The fact that these you want to belong. You want to be accepted. I mean, you're human. No matter how much you believe and no matter how you may be a Christian, you do the right thing, the ridicule can be very harsh. I mean, how do you feel that? Um, do you find core groups? Or let's just say for young people listening to the podcast today, because obviously they're facing this now. They will face it in the future. How do you seek out those who have the similar value system that you have, the similar virtues that you have, and you all sort of form your own little alliance where you can empower and encourage each other so you guys become the cool group and not those that are putting this kind of pressure on you. So I definitely agree, right? So there is a big impact on being who you're around with. You know, birds of the same feather flock together. So there is a great importance of knowing who you're around with. So if you want to be with successful people, you try to go with successful people, right? So if, of course, if you want to lean towards people who don't really make the greatest decisions, obviously you're also going to the same path as they are. So, you know, it's, it's everybody may seem lonely, you know, because they want to belong. But, you know, if you see somebody out there and they do something great, like, oh, I want to be that person, you know, finding their role model, finding the want to be great and finding somebody to follow after. And so you come in with that group with successful people so you yourself can be successful and make good decisions. So let me, let me challenge you again, Jennifer. How easily are parents manipulated and fooled? <laughs> and it's really totally in the dark. Mom, don't watch this part. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. No, seriously, the thing is, personally, my mom has a lot of trust in me. 
So I try not to pull her or take advantage of that. How, but how easy is it? I'm not just talking about you and your... But how easy, and what are the signs for parents to look to when they know that drugs, this kid is active in sex, they're active in drugs, they're not studying, and they're suffering from what may seem to be mild depression, but it could become severe depression. I can tell you about that. Throughout my senior year of high school, I suffered through depression and suicidal thoughts, and my mom had no idea. So I was an expert at that. My whole family, actually, um, the signs to look for, your kid is not going to school, and they're doing bad in class. I was a top scholar, and I was to the verge of not graduating. And I was 3.5 <laughs> minimum. That was my minimum. And over here I was, oh my gosh, if I don't pass this class, I'm not going to graduate. So your kid is in the room the whole entire time, and the, they lose interest in the things that they love. For me, makeup is just fun. I'll wake up at 7 in the morning and just do my face because I like it and I have fun with it. I didn't care about makeup. My nails, I love doing my nails. They were a mess during that time. They lose interest in the things that they love and the things that they like, and they stop going to school and they just stop caring. So uh, how did you finally uh, let your parents know that you were suffering from depression? Or did they ever find out? Yes. So we were at the hospital with my little brother, and we were talking about what would happen if my brother were gone all of a sudden. He's three. And we all love him very much. So it was kind of like, how would you react if, you know, something bad happened to your brother? And I was like, Mom, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think I'd kill myself because I just love that kid a little too much. And she was like, don't say that. Why would you ever say that? And I'm like, oh, I never told you. And it was at that moment that I just came clean. And I was like, you know, during senior year, I was going through depression and all these things because I don't want, I hid it from my mom because I'm my mom's support system. My mom and I are like this. She's my best friend. So I felt like if I told her that I was breaking down, she would break down herself. And I needed her to be strong for my brother. So I didn't want that same pressure to be put on my baby brother when he grows up. So that's kind of how I came clean. But obviously you have a different relationship with your mother than what she's describing. And you, you also have a father in the household. Do you have a father in the household? I have a stepfather. He's amazing. But, but you haven't mentioned his name. It's only your mother. He has not been a part of this discussion. And there's a reason why. But I'm going to come back to that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you only talk about your mother. But your parents, talk about in relation to what she's describing, the depression, the suicidal thoughts. I think for my parents, my mom is my go-to if I'm, like, really down with something. I go to her because I feel like she's going to, like, help me and she's going to sit with me and solve the problem. And my dad, if I really, like, need to pick me up, and like really just need to do something like spontaneous and exciting, I go to him to like just go out of the house. But with my mom, if I'm in the I, house, I go to her. when you really need someone? Why not your father? I'm trying to understand the dynamic here. Why? What is it about men that they need to learn to be there? Because listen, if your child is in the hospital committing suicide and they're on deathbed, I mean, that's destructive to your father. It would destroy him. So what is it that your father and your father need to do to better connect with their daughters and their sons? What is it they're not doing? Or what is it that you think they're doing? I think one thing for me is he's offering a solution and sometimes I just want someone to like listen 
and not always like have that solution, but just to hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so that's the like hardest thing when he keeps like giving me solutions. Like I don't want that right now. I just need to pour my heart out and just like get it all out. Have you told him this? Yes. But he still doesn't listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Can they help it though? I just is it you just obviously there's a difference. Between, well, it's, it's your stepdad. You said that. But what is it that men need to do? that be better support systems, whether in the household or outside the household with their daughters? So the thing with my stepdad is not that he's a great support system. Like, he's my biggest cheerleader. But he has a very high opinion of me. And I felt like by telling them I'm depressed, I was being a disappointment because I was being weak. And it took me a while to learn that getting through depression shows a great sign of strength because you have to be very strong to make it out of that. So for a while, I didn't want to tell my stepdad specifically because I didn't want to ruin his image of me. So you, so what, what I'm what I'm hearing here mm -hmm. is that in a very selfish way, you don't want to put more pressure on your parents, and you don't want to feel that they're disappointed. I got to tell you something. That is not the correct course of action. I'm going to tell you here and there. It doesn't matter what you feel. You're human, and your parents understand much more than you could ever imagine that they understand. And sometimes there are things that a father can give you that a mother just can't. Everybody plays a role. That's why you have a mother and father in the household. What about the dynamic between you and your mother and father? For me, it depends on certain issues, on like how I believe one of them is going to react. So like letting one of them down in a bigger way. So for example, it's my... I'm, I'm shocked by this, but go ahead. For example, if one of my parents is expecting more from me in a certain aspect of my life, and I feel like I'm letting down on that aspect, I'll go talk to the other parent first so that they can then tell me how to address my other parent when it comes to this topic or so that I can have their support system when I go to that parent because I know that when I tell my mom or my dad this, that it's going to let them down or it might break their heart. What is the reaction? of letting someone down. I want you to describe what their reaction for. When you really have told your parents something and you let them down, and they told you that you let them down, I gotta hear it. Well, my mom and my dad, they've sacrificed so much for but me. That's different. And I'm asking you a different question. <laughs> tell me a reaction when you let your parent down. You feel like a failure. That's Did they tell you this? No. This is your impression. This is your impression, that you feel like a failure. They've put so much into you. But, but what is it that your parents are doing when you're confiding them that makes you believe that it's true? They're not happy with you. You did something wrong. You're not the perfect little angel child. So they should, do they express this? They don't express it forthright, but your mind it starts spinning. Everything they've done for you and how you've made this stupid decision. So this is mental? Mental, yes. This has nothing mental. to do with your parents' behavior or anything that they've said? No. Nothing. Where does this come from? How do you conjure this up and it's not even real? So there again is the want to always be that child that they always wanted, you know, achieving a lot of things and... But that's you know. your, but that's what you believe. That's the pressure you're putting on yourself. That's not necessarily what your parents are saying to you. Your parents want you to have peace. They want you to have a balanced life. Mm -hmm. They want you to engage with people that's going to enhance you and make you grow and make you a better human being. No parent expects that child to be perfect because they were never perfect. How can your parents expect something of you that they've never worked when they were kids? That's impossible. You, for some reason, what I'm hearing here today, you put unnecessary pressure on yourself and you believe these things to be true and you act them out, but it's not true, which tells me you're not engaging your parents enough with the issues you're having when you really need them. 
you make an excuse for yourself not to engage them. Because you've conditioned yourself to believe that your mother and father are something that they're really not. Because I refuse to believe that a parent who is a parent that unconditionally loves their children is going to make you feel bad because you tell them you're failing and you're falling short. It's just, it doesn't make sense. How do you change that mindset? Well, there is that um, understanding that everybody's human. Yes. So I guess with, the, like what I mentioned earlier, there's that thing where the parents, um, we always believe that, you know, they're perfect people because we always look up to them. We always but go to But you know they're the not problems. perfect. Yes, you know yes. So they're human, right? They're human. So they're just like kids. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess grown also, <laughs> yes, grown up. Yeah. But for chill, for us kids, definitely, we also have to start thinking that as well. You know, our parents are also as human as we are. Yeah. Make the same mistakes. They still bleed. But... And they may understand your issues better than you do. You have no idea what your parents may have lived <laughs> and what they've experienced unless you open up to them. Because listen, it's all in the DNA. An apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And it may not be in their generation, but it may have been in the generation before. I'm certain that there's nothing that's happened to you that through the lineage of your parents' legacy that they have not heard about from an aunt, an uncle, uh, somebody along their family line. Communication is very important. It really is. Now, you can sit here and communicate with yourself, but you've got to engage your parents. Now, this is a question I'm going to ask. I wanted to bet you, though, when you do confide in your parents, when you're really struggling with something, and it gets to the point of desperation, they're always there in the best way. I agree. It makes Definitely. my point. Why? Because you open up to them and you allow them to work with you through whatever you're challenged with. That's what it is. So, so let, me, let, me go, let me go to this point because um, I do find it interesting. How do kids all of a sudden get lost in drugs in the opioid crisis? How does that happen? I think it starts again with like wanting to fit in mm -hmm. because a lot of when you get to high school it's really hard because you're not just with kids in your grade anymore you're also with the older kids and you want to like be liked by them too because they're the ones who kind of control the school setting and so the ones who are always like out there and well they want you to believe they, they control, want yeah they control the school but you also yeah. let them control the school you setting. do I think some ways you do because they make you believe it and then you start like believing it yourself just like TV yeah like a reality show. It really is. Really? <laughs> it's but go ahead. awful. Um, and so, and if the people you see are the ones who are doing drugs, and you're like, they're cool, then you might want to do it too because you want to fit in with them and you want to be cool. And so, if you don't have that really great friend support system in your school building helping you out throughout the day, then you might spiral down. Have you ever wanted to do drugs? No. Never wanted. No. Why? I think my friends, I just have really good friends who don't do it, and I just don't want to do it. So it has less to do with your parents than more to do with your friends. Yes. Interesting. And you? Yeah, no, never. Because of your friends? Yes. More your friends, not your parents. But if you have friends that were probably doing this, you'd probably have a different, you'd think about it differently? Um, I don't think so because I wouldn't be with those specific friends. Okay, who good. Yeah, Same that. with you? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, let's talk about, <laughs> why is it, I want to talk about a different issue. Okay. How is it, you know, there's a lot of out of wedlock births. Okay, it's just, it's just, um, it's just a fact that, 95% um, of people who wait to have kids when they are married have a high school education. 95% um, of them never find themselves in their poverty. It's just a fact. You cannot ignore it. How do parents and society, you're not going to ever stop it, but how do you get young girls and young men to think twice about having sex early on to deal with those emotions that put themselves in crisis through 
depression, and also it's a huge distraction for them. How do you help them make better choices with the parents, with the school, and the community? They make a different choice. They think about it again. It's very difficult, honestly, because I feel like sex in high school now, it's so, so normal and so, so common. Like, I feel like back in the day, if you were having sex in high school, it was like, oh my gosh, she's a rebel. But now it's just, that's the norm. A normal thing. It's yeah. Really? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. After Definitely. high school to have sex, it's just like, wow, you're late. <laughs> so, it's kind of, I'm trying to figure that out myself because, you know, I have little cousins and I have little kids that I love and care about. And I'm just like, how do I help them in the future? The scare tactic doesn't work telling them, you're going to get AIDS, you're going to get pregnant, it doesn't work. <laughs> They're just going to hide it from you. But you know you. what, it sounds like what you're describing to me, it sounds like you're describing a sport, not something that's meaningful, not something that has lifelong lasting consequences, not something that somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. It seems like oh, you just no. do, get up, go down and get up. Sex is just sex at this point. <laughs> at least for us teenagers, like, sex rarely ever has meaning. Yes. Sadly. Yes. Sadly. Sadly. Really? Yes. Yes. So you don't think it's going to change? But I think you all are different. Am I wrong? No. no. Oh, no. thank you. <laughs> so I guess saying somebody's a virgin these days is like, you are just, it's embarrassing to say. Not for you me. You left that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but some people. <laughs> some people, I like that. <laughs> but listen, if you were a virgin, would you be embarrassed to tell someone? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I know girls in my school who would be embarrassed. Yes. Why? Because they, it's so no, sex is so normalized. Like not having sex is weird. You want to be like everybody yeah. else. So you want to be like everybody let me ask else. Good question. They're actually having sex in the school on the school. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Really. And I yes. go to a boarding school, so yes. 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 Oh, I'm telling you, I'm old. <laughs> I have done. I'm just shocked. I didn't realize it was so casual. Yeah. 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 But do you understand the consequences of it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you had to advise young people going forward today, what would you say to them? Um, don't be like everybody else. Stay true to yourself. You don't always have to be everybody else. Just be yourself. And in the end, it's all on you. It's not on everybody else. So think about yourself first. And here's, here's my final question, because I had no idea where we were getting. This is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful conversation, by the way. I must tell you, when do they find time to focus and study and prepare for the future? With all that's going on, between the drugs, the sex, the distractions, where's the emphasis on studying and learning? You have to make time. Yeah. You have to just know yourself well enough to know like, I have a test in two days. I can't go to this party or I can't hang out. I have to be home and study. And that's one of the hardest things. It's time management and, like, knowing, like, you have to do this in the future, so you need to plan for it. Mm -hmm. But then you, like, your friends are out doing something and you feel left out. Like, you see them on Snapchat or, like, Instagram or Twitter and they're doing something exciting and you want to do it, too. You just have to know that you need to study. Like, this so, is also so important. So you do care about good grades? Oh, yes. yes. You do care. Is that basically overall in the school? No, yes. not for everybody. Not for everybody. Not for everybody. No, you for those specific individuals, it's for them who force themselves to see the bigger picture rather than just a piece of it. You know, I need to have fun, but also, what about the future? And not all the kids kids these days think about the future as much. Do you find time to read books? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Visit the library. 
No, not the library. E-books. E-books. Do you feel you spend quality time with your parents? Yes. Do you, find, yes. you don't find them boring and old-fashioned? No. 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 Yeah. Not at all. You find, you find no. your father cool to hang out with? Yeah. You, he cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your I mom's cool. Yes. Everybody loves mom. What is so special about mom? I, I listen, I got no <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie to you. I just say. But you know, I love my father. You know, when my father was living, I had a different kind of relationship with my mother because it was my father all the time. Hunting, games, um, farming. I mean, it was just my father. And it was just what happened when my father died. All that love went to my mother. But listen, I was real tight with my father. My father was cool because he taught me how to work and how to hunt and shoot those guns and to do archery. So my father was really, really cool. How can fathers be cool? I'm going to start with you. What can fathers do better? <laughs> I'm going to wrap it with a message to the father. They can get more like my dad. So. Oh, okay. Okay. What's your dad like? He, he's our voice sailor. One of a kind. <laughs> okay. And what about your dad? Be funny and be acceptable. If your girl, if your daughter, talks to you like, oh, that boy's cute, don't judge her. Oh, Just yeah. go along with yes. her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Have talk. Don't give me like, no, you're too young. Yeah. <laughs> no boyfriend yes. till 40 yes. years old. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Parents, I feel sorry for you all. Go ahead. Um, what, what, what's your father? What is it he needs to do? Oh, my goodness. I think my dad and I are cool. We hang out all the time, and we just like, I'm pretty chill, so he's chill with me, and we just like watch movies and like okay. go out on drives, so it's like really okay, chill with us. So yeah. you like spending time with your dad? Yeah. yeah. And you? My dad and I basically bond over food. He loves cooking, and I love to eat it. Okay. So it's a great relationship type of thing, you know? But if, if, if only I could, like, even do some type of girl talk with him, oh, my God, that would be amazing. Yes. Girl talk. Yes. 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 All the yes. Things. Yes. 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 Without the. Yes. Without girl talk. Yeah. Daughters want girl talk. You do girl talk with your father. I could do girl talk with my father. Really? Well, I mean, sometimes. Really, it's in the car when he can't like leave. Oh. I'm like, we have to talk. Like we have to talk now. No. Well, listen. You see why this is called strong cast, okay? Because we keep it flowing. We keep it real. We get to the nitty gritty. So parents, it's on you now. I've done my job. I've done the heavy lifting. I got a little uncomfortable, but look, it's all worthwhile. It's a great group of young people here. Their parents should be very proud. Thank you all so much for joining us for this edition Thank of Strongcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Armstrong Williams.